so hi, one of the Good Noise Podcast, Stephen from Dikembe. We're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. So what inspired the creation of the band? And I got to know, what does the band name mean? Uh, so we started the band, um, my friend Ryan and I, uh, because we had played in a band called Wavelets uh, for a while. And mm-hmm. uh, everybody sort of like moved into different parts of Florida and we wanted to play shows. So um, I had met David, the drummer, um, when I worked at Domino's. And uh, I don't know, we sort of clicked over uh, some bands and um, we started Dikembe just to kind of play shows. And it was, you know, just for fun. And turns out we had like a blast playing together and it kind of became the main project. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name it's the name itself uh we we were i want to say that like we were super cool and like came up with it just like no problem but that definitely wasn't it mm-hmm. uh david i think ryan and i like went through a ton of like movies and stuff i think at one point we were going to be called brave fencer and uh just a couple of things but Dikembe sort of stuck out when I was when I was like real young uh and had a Super Nintendo I was sort of an idiot and uh when I played NBA Live 96 uh I didn't know how to switch teams but I did know how to clone characters so the Atlanta Hawks were the first team Dikembe was the highest ranked player if I understood video games correctly and if I had 10 of him, I would be unstoppable. And so oh. I've played the season with like 10 Dikembe's all the time. And I well, just, no so when we said the name, I was like, oh, that's kind of sick. Yeah. <laughs> so oh just stuck right. secretly ingrained in my brain, I guess. Yeah. Cause it's so funny. <laughs> all right. Um, so congrats on your newest release, Muck. How do you feel about the response to the album so far? Uh, I am absolutely floored by how nice everybody has been about this record i think that um it's a strange time because you know normally you write a record and then you play it live for a while and then you record it and you play it live some more and then you put it out and then you play it live some more (laughs) but this is not the the way (laughs) right now uh it's so we've had to like So on top of, you know, kind of having that anxiety about, like, how are people going to take this record? Um, On top of the fact of feeling kind of like we don't really have much control over it. Like, we we don't get to put the songs live. We don't get to, like, preview them. We don't get to show them off at all. Um, We were really worried. I mean, I, I say we, but, like, everybody else was like, yes, let's do it. I mean, we were all, we're so anxious for it to come out, but we were so kind of like, how are people going to take this? And it's been just great. It's like this nice bright spot in the middle of this awful time to like every once in a while, I get to glance at my phone and be like, wow, look at all these nice people. (laughs) So it's been really, really cool. So happy to hear that. Yeah. I saw the entire Twitter timeline talk about, I'm like, who's this band and why is everybody talking about them? So I had to find out. Um, so it was you... sort of sort of wild. Yeah. Uh, when so... it, yeah, it kind of the response crazy. I agree. <laughs> uh, 
so can you tell me a little bit about your writing process and how it's evolved since your first release? Uh, well, it's it has changed so much. So we've had a few lineup changes. Uh, we started in like 2010, I think is when the first release was. Um, this EP called Chicago Bulls. And it was just like, uh, like I said, David and uh, Ryan and our bass player at the time, Kenny, just wanted to like hang out and play shows. So we wrote those four songs really quickly. It was just sort of like riffs that were, um, I don't know, born of Wavelet's uh, ideas. And then since then, we uh, we were like, okay, well, people like that and we have fun playing shows together. So let's try to write an LP. Mm -hmm. um, so we sort of took the same idea from Chicago Bulls when we went into our full length uh, Broad Shoulders but then uh, we added Randy to the band. Our, our old bass player, Kenny, left, and Randy came um, mm -hmm. and just, like, blew the lid off in terms of, like, dynamics and sort of, like, encouraging us to, like, you know, why don't you, this sounds sick, just do this. Like, um, and so we put out Mediumship, and ever since then, the records have been a lot more collaborative. But with Muck... Uh, I mean, Randy was, I, I think that we all wrote an equal amount this time around. It definitely wasn't like I bring like a skeleton to the table and everybody adds parts. This one was, you know, someone brings an idea and everybody sort of adds what they're good at. And hmm. I think that the record is a lot stronger for it because I feel like I got to focus on vocals and melodies and rhythm parts you know, rather than trying to, you know, take on structure and even coming up with riffs from scratch and things like that. It was just, it was, it, it was a longer writing process and it was more grueling, but it was definitely more rewarding in that I like listening to the record more too, because I mean, like my friends wrote this record, like yeah. just as much, if not more than I did. So it's really cool. I, I, I had a lot of fun writing Muck in particular. Good. Cool, yeah. Happy to hear that. Uh, oh, it's also so the first. It's, I Sorry, I have to talk. No, no. It's also the first. Muck is the first record we did with Andy. Um, so when we did our third record, uh, Hail Something, we were kind of a three-piece. And we started out as a four-piece. And halfway through, we became a three-piece. And then between the two records, Andy joined the band. And... When I say like, you know, we each brought our strengths, Andy, everything he knows about guitar, he just, just crushed it with this record. He made me better at guitar. Uh, he, it was awesome. It was uh, a whole new dynamic too. So Muck was definitely the most, like I said, most grueling, but definitely most fun because everybody had a chance to like do what they love, which was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Would you say it was easier for you to create this album because you had to focus on more of a smaller portion rather than because you said you just had to focus on like the melodies and the lyrics rather than like well, writing everything from scratch? Yeah, I think that I mean, we all the thing about it was that we all sort of focused on everything. But I, I think I I get what you're saying. Like I got to kind of hone in on this one thing, like make mm -hmm. that like all right, I'm going to do like. 
I, I know that I'm not like the greatest guitar player that has ever, like, I'm not even good at guitar, but I think I, 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 I like singing a lot and I think I'm pretty okay with melodies. I've been doing it for a while. So I did just getting to hone in and say like, all right, I trust the dudes. They're going to crush it. Like what they're doing is incredible. And what I need to bring to the table is this, like, this is what, how I can fit into the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, I would say that it was like, it wasn't necessary. It, it's, it, it's odd to use the word like pressure because writing the record was, was obscenely refreshing and fun. Cause like, like I said, the, the grueling part came in like the coming up with the different versions and different like textures and sounds, but, um, the actual like hearing all the things that everybody brought to the table, it was less pressure and I was more excited to like try and fit that role. Mm -hmm. I was more like, I want to be the, like this part, like, oh man, I need to bring myself up to like what Andy and Randy and David are doing. Like, um, so it was, it was a great experience. And I love the fact that I did get to hone in on that. So yeah, I guess in a sense it did sort of like take some, some pressure off. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Right, I just had to cool. talk my way through that. I'm, I'm super oh, no. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it was fine. It's good. Uh, so where was your headspace while writing the record, actually? Um, my So it was... Uh, I had just sort of gotten out of a really, really rough uh, part of my life. My mom passed um, oh, in 2019. And, uh, and uh, it uh, was, you know, kind of made me look back on all these different like experiences and it was just sort of like muck is sort of like putting them all together and, and sort of realizing like, all these kind of weird stepping stones that like lead me to feel the way I do about whatever scenario. It was like this odd look back kind of put me in this really like retrospective headspace of trying to figure out like, why do I, you know, feel the way that I do. Why am I dealing with this like this? And mm -hmm. um, so it was not a, not a good headspace, but I'm, I'm really like obscenely lucky that I had the opportunity to uh, write muck like at the time that I was going through that because um, it was sort of like the best therapy that I could have asked for. Really. It was, I got to, talk to my friends about all these awful things and at the same time get to experience all these like amazing ideas they were bringing to the table that were just like blowing me away just like I remember the first time I heard the guitar solo at the end of Wake I like I was just flabbergasted I was like mm -hmm. what the hell is this Holy <laughs> yeah it was awesome so it, it was a really rough space but writing Muck made it like incredibly therapeutic it was awesome yeah understandable uh yeah. so speaking of that album title muck is there any like backstory behind that yeah so i kind of gravitated towards that uh word i was thinking about sort of like a way to describe like you know these these events that kind of that birth these feelings that don't really ever scrub off like like 
there's always sort of like a residue, you know what I mean? And so each song on the record has kind of like a, it's about sort of a specific event or feeling or something that was sort of sprout or sort of uh, grew from, you know, an experience. And when I was thinking about it, it was sort of like, you know, it never rubs off and it's sort of gross, but like, I don't know. It, it's just something that you is there and you sort of learn to deal with. So mm -hmm. I was just trying to find a way to describe like feelings that are sort of tough to shake or scrub off and muck. I just kept coming back to it. And uh, I mean, aesthetically, I think it's really cool too. It's a good, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it just looks, uh, it says everything that I was trying to say. It was just kind of like, all right, this is this is kind of how I'm feeling. A little shitty, a little mucky. Hmm. This is, you know, the most succinct way I could put this, I think. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, so what band or artist influence do you think you can hear on the record? I would say that um, on this record, one of the things that I love about it is that each of us kind of brought... Um, something specific in that like i think that muck sort of sounds like a record that we would all agree on in the van like if we mm -hmm. were all like what should we listen to like we'd be okay with muck in the same yeah. way that we're okay with like super unknown or like left and leaving or like you know just these sort of you know iconic records and like yeah. we I, so it's all of these these things that we love about uh, our favorite records it's it's grungy so it's got like everything i love about soundgarden and at the same time it's got everything i love about like small brown bike and it's just no holes barred like my friends writing records that sound like my favorite bands and then mm -hmm. also you know feeling sort of comfortable enough after like four lps to kind of be like I want to try something strange like i teach um language arts at a performing arts school and so uh in talking to students for the past couple of years i've discovered a ton of musicals and so when we were writing the record i was listening to like uh i was listening to a ton of in the heights um and also like something rotten and just kind of like the you know, whatever the kids were telling me to, to check out. Mm -hmm. And in the song Old Husks, you can hear like kind of this Broadway sort of bop in the verses. And so it's literally just like all of these things that we like collectively. I'd yeah. say uh, it's, I, I don't know, heavy, heavy bands, uh, soft bands, mm -hmm. too many to name, I guess. And a little bit yeah. of Broadway too. I like that. Yeah, it's a universal rubber. album. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, so, is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have while listening through this album? Um, I think that uh, when people listen to Muck, my hope is that they'll sort of um, get the I kind of catch the catch the vibe that we we're all sort of like messed up in a way and that doesn't necessarily mean that we're lesser or that we're 
not as valid. It's this record lyrically was a lot of like introspection and accepting flaws and sort of hoping that, you know, people can connect with this and people can get that feeling that I got when I was, you know, listening to bands when I was sort of figuring out who I was. Um, so I, I, I hope that there's some sort of solitude or something that, that comes with listening to the record and knowing like, Hey, it's all right to be a little messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, so how did you choose the opener and closer for the album? Did you write them to be that way or did you shuffle it and they fell into that place? Um, well, it's interesting because Sync, um, the opener on the record was one of the first songs like lyrically in the batch of songs mm-hmm. that we wrote. It was one that I had like demoed on a phone and sort of brought to the guys and we were like, you know, picking out the little bits and pieces of songs that we'd written, you know, along the way on like tours and things like that. And that kept coming up and it kept coming up as like, I think this would be really great if it were just sort of guitar and and vocals. And uh, the way that it like ended up working out with the, the loud ending uh, and then the wake was sort of had a similar feel, but it was full band. It was just sort of like, okay, sync is going to be the, the first song. And mm-hmm. I'm happy it's the first song because I think um, in terms of lyrics, it's got probably my favorite lyric. The last lyric on the song is why swim when you can sink. And I really just sort of like that song lyrically is, sort of it's in my view from the perspective of the guys when i bring them these like kind of really dark lyrics and they sort of have to come to terms with me saying this <laughs> awful shit uh and it just it sort of it worked for me because lyrically the record's very therapeutic and that song's very kind of an ode to how like i can be really open with them and they just you know, take it in stride and know when, you know, I need help and things like that. So sync worked really well and then leveled again. I think um, I leveled again has the craziest writing story because we were, we were having like a writing session and our drummer um, was, had a foster child at the time. Um, was taking care of a foster child. And so between takes, we were doing something in another room. And I think it was like Andy was still playing his guitar and Randy was playing drums. And this sweet little girl, Keelan, came in and sang this like song. And so Andy was playing this like really simple riff. And we it was recording because we were demoing at the time. And so we still have the original version too, but um, it like every time we would listen to it, it was just sort of like the song could be really epic as like a closer if we actually write it. Like, yeah. I know that we were just kind of goofing around, but 
and then in the studio um when david added the piano it sort of became obvious to us that like oh this is this song sort of special um yeah and it i don't know we fell into it i i guess i i knew david could play piano but i i don't know i guess i just had not expected the song to sound that way or something i was just blown away in the studio so we heard it and it was just kind of like yep this is it this is the closer yeah I like that. oh that's so wholesome yeah yeah uh, it's pretty cool so when live shows do come back uh what what three songs are you looking forward to playing the most off of this record i cannot wait to play all got sick i want to play that song so bad um that song in particular is written about our first like successful tour because in the looking back um when i'm talking about feelings that like don't rub off they're not always the negative ones and so that song is like a retrospective of like hey remember when like you felt good like here's a here's a good one and uh the fact that people sort of like and i know it's got like the video and things but it's really it's nice to sort of i don't know see people take to that song because it is like a kind of a bright spot for me in my life so i can't wait to like play it and hopefully like yell it at people and have a good time um i really want to play stay beat uh real bad because it's got like this really heavy closer and uh, like the ending portion is like deliberately brutal Mm -hmm. uh and so i'm kind of stoked to see what happens there and then uh i want i want to play leveled again live but i don't know how we'll do it Mm -hmm. um because of the piano i don't know there's a lot there's there's so much up in the air about like playing shows like I have no idea what it's going to be like. And, you know, like if our band will be popular or if like the record will sort of like, you know, fade out before shows come back. Like there's no, there's no way to tell. I'm, I'm so excited to play anything live in front of people. Again, it is unbelievable. I can't even begin to explain that. <laughs> so, yeah. It is unbearable i can't wait to teach live at some point in my life Mm -hmm. Uh not now but you know when it's safe again i am just doing gonna be very thrilled yeah yeah (laughs) i can't wait i can't wait for human contact look out for that look out for that human contact oh my god it's gonna be crazy coming soon Um, (laughs) so we know you like literally recently just dropped muck but Mm-hmm. Are there any new projects in the future on the horizon? Um, I think that so right now, um, writing wise, we have not really talked about it because we've all sort of been in the headspace of like, how do we like do something interesting for this record? So we're talking about like uh, some sort of like socially distanced stream, like. Uh, the studio that we recorded at has separate rooms and 
Gainesville has like rapid testing. So we're the, like, we're coming up with like ways to sort of play the album for people mm-hmm. um, in interesting ways. Uh, I'm hoping to do like some streams. Um, I have so many ideas for it. It's, it's just so weird because you think to yourself like, okay, do I put all of my work into like, or like, do I put a ton of effort into coming up with like this interesting stream and like doing a cool thing or like, do I just wait until, you know, things go back to normal and then hope, but it's so, so odd. So there's no new music in the works right now. I've okay. been writing like lyrics and songs, but, uh, we haven't been able to like write together, but we are trying. We're <laughs> trying to come up with ways that we can play music together again. Mm-hmm. And I sort of get this feeling that the second we're all in the room together, uh, we'll probably end up writing new songs. That's just sort of what happens yeah. all, all right. the time. Okay. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> um, so where do you see the band in the next five years? Um, I, our band has always kind of been, our band has always just sort of been a passion project. Um, I have a full-time job and a family. David's got a family, uh, full-time job. Uh, Randy owns a house, got all kinds of stuff going on with us. And he's, we all have so much going on that the Kembe is sort of like what we look forward to. It's sort of, um, for me anyway, it's, it, it is like the escape. It's sort of like the, the, I, I make music so I can like connect with like other weirdos. Mm-hmm. So, um, as long as my hope for the Kembe in five years is that we get to kind of at least just maintain what we're doing. Like I, I would be thrilled to play house shows to like, you know, tens of people that really like my band until I die. If that's like, if that's as far as it goes, that's awesome. I have so much fun doing that. And I have so much fun, like talking to people online who really like our band. And, you know, I've always been okay with being like, the cult band, like the people that, you know, the people that do like us, like us a lot, even like, you know, if it's not a ton of people. So whatever happens, I'm okay with, like, I just like connecting with other weirdos. So I get that. Yeah. If, it, well, that if so it's cool. a lot of weirdos, sick. If it's yeah. not that many weirdos, still sick. Yeah. <laughs> Used to <Yeah>. that. <laughs> oh, all right. I love that. Um, so for these last couple questions, we're actually going to shift away from music, if you don't mind, uh, sure. and go straight to death row. So uh-huh. all right, if I'm you're on death row, yeah. All right. <laughs> so if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Um, V's Vegan Diner, mm-hmm. uh, which is an Orlando food cart that I love so much. Uh, and I don't really get to have anymore because of quarantine and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be my death row meal would be a vegan Caesar steak wrap mm-hmm. 
with a side of Mac. Mm-hmm. And I guess, what do I like to drink? Uh, I always just drink water or beer. I guess beer. A beer. A beer. I would say surprise. I would say surprise me. That would be my. Okay. I'd be like, and a beer. They'd ask what kind. I'd be like, who cares? So if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? Oh, dude. Um, holy cow, do I think about this a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I think my instant instantaneous answer would be avatar like mm-hmm. somewhere like in like a the water tribe somewhere i think i could like i could live there um the really weird part of me says uh i'd want to move into the house from house of leaves uh but i think if i had to pick like a place that I would want to live for a whole week it would definitely be the city from Spirited Away with the bathhouse that's where I would want to live for sure definitely yep that's it yeah yeah all right solid (laughs) um so I have the honor of asking the last question and every person we have spoken to have said it's the most important question okay what's your favorite color Oh, uh, my favorite color is black. I Taste. know that's such a bummer. It's black. I'm sorry. <laughs> black. Okay, that's fair. That's Shane's favorite color. So like, ah, yeah, got it. My my daughter when she draws me pictures, she'll always like color the shirt in black, and that's how oh. you know it's it's dead ass. Yeah, it's got the black oh, shirt on. so uh, as glory said that's all the questions we have today is there anything you'd like to plug um oh my gosh Uh, oh there is a really oh my gosh so the new other half record is absolutely incredible um Everybody should listen to that. If you guys have the opportunity to, to talk to other half, I would highly recommend doing so. Um, they're incredible. Um, and also, we got to tour with them in Europe, and they are just the sweetest, funniest goddamn people I've ever fucking met. Uh, so their record's great. Um, the Oh, Max's new record's incredible. Um, the new Intuito record's real good. Uh, there is a podcast that I've been listening to called In Another Room. Highly recommended. Uh, it's by E3W Productions. It's real, real good. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Uh, don't send your kids to school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agreed. That's, yeah. The pl- that's the plug. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, thank you for sitting down with us. This has been Steven from Dikembe and uh, We're the Good Noise Podcast.